Well, hello, fellow humans. This is Bob Ray, and welcome to another episode of Love Like a River, where we examine the statements and expressions of the God of the Old and New Testaments with the goal of discovering the practical applications of those words for our lives today. Our topic today is the Word of God and its value in the world of today. The Word of God and its value in the world of today. We'll be seeking to answer the following two questions. Number one, does the Bible have value for our lives today? And number two, can a book that was written thousands of years ago offer anything of practical value to our modern lives. This podcast will discuss how the answer to both of those questions is yes, definitely yes. We will discuss how the Bible does have value for our lives today and that the Bible is full of practical value for our modern everyday lives. This podcast will explain why. So let's get to it. The number one reason that the Bible has value for our lives today is this. It is the voice of God. Now, what do I mean by that? Let's look to the scriptures to answer that question. And the first scripture comes from the book of Deuteronomy. It's the fifth book in the Bible. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 10 through 13, we'll find a famous character, Moses, speaking, and this is what he says. Remember the day that you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb, when the Lord said to me, assemble the people to me, that I may have them hear my words so that they may learn to fear me all the days that they live on the earth and that they may teach their children. You came forward and stood at the foot of the mountain, and the mountain was burning with fire to the heart of the heavens, darkness, cloud, and thick gloom. And then the Lord spoke to you from the midst of the fire, you heard the sound of words, but you saw no form. There was only a voice. So he declared to you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform. That is the Ten Commandments. And he wrote them on two tablets of stone. So let's stop and look at this scene for a moment. God spoke to Moses and instructed him to gather the people. So the people gathered at the base of the mountain. And then the Lord spoke directly to the people. And this is an amazing scene. I'm going to give you the reference in Exodus to go there as one of the challenges for reading on your own. But the scene of God speaking directly to the people and their reaction is, is quite an amazing story. But he speaks to them, and they heard his words, and he declared his commandments, his instructions for life. So on this question of, you know, does the Bible have anything practical for us, going all the way back to when the Lord spoke those commandments 
absolutely, they were meant to be practical and to impact every area of the lives of the individuals standing there at the mountain. And I will uh, extend that to us, that God's word is meant to impact every area of our lives. So let's take a look at the Ten Commandments that he offered at that time and how they were to impact their lives. So first off, they involved personal focus. Uh, Commandments 1 and 2 talk about focusing on God as your number one value. He is your God. You shall have no other gods. Um, When in commandment 2, he speaks of having no other idols. Um, He is to be number one. There's not to be any other focus of worship aside from God. So this involves our entire being. This involves from the very core of our being, how practical can you get? God is commanding us to turn our attention to him. And then it involved right relationship with him. Commandment three talks about not using his name in vain, not misusing the relationship, not speaking something in in his name that is a misrepresentation of who he is or, or done in such a way that would bring shame to yourself or to him. Do not misuse his name. And then it involved personal care. Commandment four talks about rest. You shall honor the Sabbath day, personal health. I mean, in our modern world, everybody's into fitness and care and rest. And here's God thousands of years ago instructing you to take care of yourself and to rest. Commandment number four, thou shalt honor the Sabbath you shall rest. In six days, God created the universe. And on the seventh day, he rested. He gave you a pattern and a model. You should follow it. Very practical. Then he turns his attention to the practical idea of valuing life. You shall not murder. Life given by God is not to be taken by man. Um you shall not murder. That's pretty practical. Think about any city where gunfire kills people on a regular weekend. Uh, God's instruction would have some very practical instructions if followed in those cities. Then he turns his attention to valuing marriage and relationship. You shall not commit adultery. God's very concerned about the relationships that we have with him and with others. And knowing uh, in his wisdom that the The glue of society is strong relationships, strong marriage relationships. You shall not commit adultery, shall not break the the marriage and easily go off and have relationships with this person or that person. Very practical. Is the Bible practical? Absolutely. He also, with commandment eight, involves property rights. You shall not steal. Could you imagine if this commandment was followed in the world You know, one of the things that frustrates me the most is having to remember all of those passwords. Why do we have to remember so many passcodes, passwords, usernames? You know why? Because people are out there stealing your information. People are out there stealing from other people's bank accounts. People are out there stealing from big companies and little people, old women. The world is full of thieves The world's not getting better. Mankind's heart has never changed. Evolution is a lie. We're not getting better. Mankind is evil. And these commandments 
in a very practical way, expose that. Mankind is a thief. Mankind steals. Mankind breaks relationship. Mankind murders. That's who we really are, folks. These Ten Commandments are a practical mirror that God puts in front of us. And people say the Bible is not practical. Yes, it is. Why do we need the Bible? It is practical. Its words speak to right where we are. To continue, uh, the Ninth Commandment talked about not bearing false witness against your neighbor. And it talks of valuing the truth and the reputation of others. Just look at social media and all the garbage that people spew towards each other. What would the world look like if people honored this commandment? You shall not bear false witness. I hear people lying all the time. This commandment involves a practical care of others and their reputation. And the last commandment, commandment 10, talks about valuing your own heart. It says, you shall not covet. You shall not desire what others have to the point of being willing to take it from them. This commandment actually takes you all the way back to commandment number one, where it speaks of contentment being satisfied in God. The, the Tenth Commandment is a practical commandment that applies to all of life, where you find yourself dissatisfied is an area where you drastically need to turn to God and cry out for help and cry out for him to satisfy you. But walking through those Ten Commandments, we find a word that is valuable and a word that is practical. Now, an additional note. Um, today, when a society rejects these Ten Commandments, they're actually rejecting God. Why do you think America or any nation, for that matter, has the issues that they do? Look at all that's going on in our world. When you reject the voice of God, you reject the person. When you reject the person, you re reject the provisions and the protections of that person. So, as it says in Romans, God will give us over to our own devices if we reject him. Now, let's continue with more of Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 32 through 37. Listen to these words. Indeed, ask now about the earlier days that were before your time, since the day that God created mankind on the earth, and inquire from one end of the heavens to the other. Has anything been done like this great thing? Or has anything been heard like it? Has any people heard the voice of God speaking from the midst of the fire as you have heard it and survived? You know, folks, this question of the value of the Bible, the reason, the main reason the Bible is so valuable is because it is the oracle of God. You'll hear this occasionally where it says that God gave the oracles of God to the Jews. You'll find that in the book of Romans. And it's true. The Old Testament was God speaking to mankind, and he chose to speak through a man, Abraham, through a people, the Jews, and eventually through a Messiah, Jesus Christ. But the value of the Bible is that the voice of God is found there. And we see pictures of it there in Deuteronomy and Exodus, where God himself speaks to the people. And in Deuteronomy and in Exodus, we have 
Moses writing down those accounts, and we hear the very voice of God. Continuing with verse 36, it says, Out of the heavens he lets you hear his voice. How important is that? The, the greatest being ever, the, the, the being who created the vastness of the universe, who's outside of time, outside of the physical universe, that great being. And if you look at the size of the universe and he made that, how great must God be that he is the maker of all things? And he spoke into his creation. Out of the heavens, he lets you hear his voice. And it says to discipline you. And that word discipline means to train. On the side when you're obedient, it means that he's training you, encouraging you, showing you the way to go. And when you're disobedient, that discipline takes a different form. It's training, but sometimes it's painful. Out of the heavens, he lets you hear his voice to discipline you. And on earth, he let you see his great fire. And you heard his words from the midst of the fire. Wow, what would it have been like to be standing there and hearing the words of God? Well, you can actually read about it in Exodus. I'll give you the chapters in a few minutes. The people were terrified. They asked Moses to have God stop speaking to them because the voice was so overpowering. They were terrified. God wanted them to be terrified. He wanted them to understand his greatness and that they should reverence him and respect him. And when the Bible says that we should fear God, it's not talking about God being some psychopath that wants us to be afraid of him. It's a great being. He is this awesome King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And we are required and we, we do well to reverence him and respect him for who he is. It says here that in verse 37, because he loved your fathers, he chose their descendants after them. Do you know that, that if you don't know him right now, um, God may well have chosen you to be listening to this today so that you would come near to him. And if you do know him, give him thanks and praise that he has chosen you, that he has extended his word from the heavens for you to hear and to find um, the truth of who he is. We need to hear his words. This world needs to hear his words. Listen to something that Jesus said recorded in the gospel of Matthew chapter 4. It's actually chapter 4. Verse four, he said, man, mankind shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You know, your physical body may uh, react positively to bread, but your spiritual man, your spiritual person could die of starvation without the word of God, will die of starvation without the word of God. Man shall not live on bread alone. That's good for your physical body, but you as a person need the word of God, the words that come out of the mouth of God. The Bible is valuable because it contains and is the voice of God. God is alive. His voice is alive. I'd like you to look to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, where it says this, 
For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, even penetrating as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of your heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him to whom we must answer. God is alive. His word is alive. His word is living and active. Think about that image sharper than a two-edged sword, even to the point of dividing between spirit and soul. How do you divide that? Joints and marrow. How do you divide between those? That's precision. That's something active, living, precise. And that's what God's word is. We need that precision. We need that life. We need the vibrancy of who he is and who, what his word is. I want to continue giving you some other verses here. Hebrews chapter one, other key verse for this study of the value of God's word. Hebrews chapter one, verse one says this, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets, in many portions and in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us in his son. You know, you read the Old Testament, and aside from God speaking to the people at that time with Moses, he also sent people prophets. He spoke to the people through the prophets. He spoke again and again and again. He sent his word. We need to understand that the Bible is God reaching out to mankind with his word. And this verse says that in these last days, he has spoken to us in his son. So people say, well, how is God speaking in the world now? He's speaking through his son, Jesus Christ. He's speaking through the word of God. He's speaking through the spirit of God. Listen to the gospel of John chapter one, verse one. It says that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him and apart from him, not even one thing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of mankind, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not grasp it. So this verse especially, write that down, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1. Read that, reread it, meditate on it. This is speaking about Jesus Christ, who in the beginning was the Word, the Logos. He was God. He is the expression of God. And we do well to listen to him, to pay attention to him. You need to do it. I need to do it. We all need to pay attention. Now listen to another verse out of the first letter of John, John 1, chapter 1, verse 1. This guy was an eyewitness of the life of Jesus being in the earth. And he says in verse 1, what was from the beginning, what we have heard. And he's saying he physically heard the words, what we have seen with our eyes. He saw him what we have looked at and touched with our hands. 
He's telling us Jesus was a real person who he heard and he saw and he touched concerning the word of life. And the life was revealed and we have seen and testify and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was revealed to us. What we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. These things we write so that our joy may be made complete. Jesus is the Word of God. He is the one who came from heaven to earth As God spoke in many ways in the Old Testament through prophets, he spoke in the most clear way by coming to earth himself. When the disciples said they wanted to see the Father, Jesus says, have I been with you so long? Having looked at me, I and the Father am, am one. When you see me, you've seen the Father. Jesus is the expression of God. Jesus is the word of God. How valuable is the word? How valuable is the Bible? It tells us everything we need to know about Jesus. It tells us everything we need to know about ourselves. It tells us that we are desperately sick and in sin and in need of a savior. This book has so much value. That's why so many people say it doesn't have value. That's why the deceiving liar, Satan, and his followers would blind your eyes to the fact that this book, the Bible, is God's word to you. Our original question was, does the Bible have value in our lives today? And the answer is yes. Our second question was, can a book that was written thousands of years ago offer anything of practical value to our modern lives? And again, the answer is yes. Why? Because the Bible is the voice of the living God, and that voice gives us practical instructions. Let me say that again. The Bible is the voice of the living God, and it is that voice that gives us practical instructions. This is why we need to value the Bible. This is why we need to listen to it. This is why we need to read it. You want practical answers? You need practical wisdom? Open the Bible. You'll find them there. Read for yourself. I said I'd mention some scriptures to you. Here's a listing of them. Exodus chapter 19 and 20 is where you find God speaking and giving the law. In Deuteronomy chapters 4, 5, and 6, there's an exhortation there to listen to his words. So Exodus 19 and 20 is that actual scene where God speaks directly to the people. Focus in on that. Read that one. And then Deuteronomy is like a restatement, a retelling of that. And it's an encouragement to listen to the words. Genesis The very first book of the Bible, all the way to the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi, is God reaching out to mankind and revealing himself. And you know an interesting thing? At the end of that section of scriptures, Malachi, after reaching out and talking to mankind and to the Jews, God goes silent. His voice is silent for 400 years in the earth until... His son, Jesus, comes on the scene. That silence is telling. He's saying, okay, you won't listen to my servants. You won't listen to the prophets. You won't listen to the words of Moses. So I'm going to 
come there myself and let's see if you listen to me. And we know how that went. No, it says that he came to his own. He came to his own creation and we did not value him or esteem him. We crucified him. And that's what we'll find in the Gospels, the true stories of the Word of God, who walked amongst us and did practical things. He ate, he slept, he grew tired, he worked, he walked, he served, he lived, he died, he rose from the dead. The Gospels, the four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, tell us. They're, they're yelling at us. They're crying out to us to listen to who Jesus is. And then from Matthew all the way to the book of Revelation, it's just the story of Jesus Christ, God amongst humankind, working out this plan of redemption and salvation. Something valuable was lost. You know those parables that Jesus told about the treasure that was lost, the coins that were lost, the man finding the treasure in the field? Folks, we're the treasure. We were lost, but God came here. He sent his son here to rescue us. The enemy lies to you and wants you to run away from God, run away from the word of God. Don't listen to the Bible. The Bible has everything you need. It has all the answers you need. That's why the enemy would run to you and cup his hands over your ears. No, 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 no. Don't listen. Don't listen. Blah, 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 blah. Don't listen to the word of God. Oh, what a foolish error so many people commit. But listen to what the scriptures say. If you want to find direction, in the voice of God, if you want to find rest for your soul, listen to what the scriptures say. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua in the Old Testament had given the people rest, he would not have spoken about a day, another day after that. Consequently, there remains a rest day, a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For the one who has entered God's rest has himself also rested from his works, as God did from his. Therefore, let's make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will fall by following that same example of disobedience. You and I have before us the choice of entering into God's rest, of pursuing and hearing the things that God would speak to us. And that's what we need. You and I need his words. We need the Bible. It has eternal value because it contains the very words of the eternal God. It has practical instructions because they're his practical instructions for our lives. We need to listen to him and apply his words in and to our lives. He gives us everything we need. He gives us his spirit. He gives us his son. He gives us his word. So the final answers to our original questions, does the Bible have value for our lives today? Yes, the Bible has tremendous value for our lives today and every day. Can a book that was written thousands of years ago offer anything of practical value to our modern lives? You bet everything you got. Yes, the Bible offers practical value for every area of our modern lives because they're not so different from the lives of those who were here on the earth when Jesus came. We have but to read it and find the treasures within.
You know, I find it interesting that so many of the critics of the Bible or the people who dismiss it so readily are individuals who've never really spent very much time, if any, reading and listening to it. I challenge you to read it and listen to it. You know, this is true of anything, good food, good wine, anything good. The value is found in the tasting. Diamonds are discovered in the digging. Are you digging? Are you tasting? The purpose of this podcast was encourage you to exhort you Open the word of God, listen to his voice, pray and say, God, I don't hear you. I want to hear you. I need your answers. This is going on. That's going on. I have these problems. My kids have those problems. My parents have those problems. My work, this, the COVID, that, the government, this, whatever it is. That's what prayer is. Pour out your heart to God. Speak to him and turn to the word of God the books of Genesis through Revelation, the Bible. If you've never read, start right there in the Gospels. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read the scriptures. Read the the book of Acts. Find out how this whole work of God began in the earth. It's there for you. It's there for you. He's there for you. So, We come to the end of today's show. Thank you for spending time with us. I know that there's so much more for us to talk about. So join us next time when we're going to be talking about faith. What is it? And how do you walk in and grow that faith? Faith, what is it? And how do you walk in and grow your faith? This is your host, Bob Ray, wishing you the best of God's wisdom and the deeper discovery of his love for you. Have a blessed day.